God Hears Her. God Hears Her. God Hears Her is brought to you. Is brought to you. By our Daily Bread Ministries. Visit GodHearsHer.org. Visit GodHearsHer.org. Or find us on social for more information. I remember longing for my mom who, she told me she knew Jesus as a child, but then in her adult years, I, I didn't see so much evidence of it. And I was very zealous and, you yeah. know, you know, wanting to save my mom and... She died when I was 34, and and on her deathbed, I I watched her reaching out to the space next to me. It was the most bizarre thing. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of pushed my body over so she could see me better. And she just gently pulled me back out of that empty space and reach out into that empty space. And I was like, Mother, do you see something? And she could barely talk, and she said, Jesus. And I remember after she died, having this overwhelming sense of comfort that she was with him. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, He sees you, and He loves you because you are His. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Erin Eddy. And I'm Elisa Morgan. I'm going to say a word that makes a lot of us bristle. Are you ready? Evangelism. What comes to mind? Do you feel pressure? Obligation? Do you picture a street preacher with a sandwich board sign of condemnation and hatred yelling at people? Or maybe you don't have a negative response at all. Maybe you think of someone with whom you just shared the good news about the love of God and she responded with joy and it changed her whole life. Or maybe you think of someone who shared the good news with you and it changed your life. Regardless of how we feel, sharing the love of God with others is important. And today we're going to talk about some fresh ways to do that, that will hopefully show how contagious our faith actually is. Here's Elisa as she asks us to make a most wanted list. But it's probably not what you think, or at least what I thought. This is God Hears Her. Somebody challenged me to do this one time. What do you think it means? Making a most wanted list. A most wanted list? A most wanted list. When I, when, like, what do I think when I first hear that? Mm-hmm. Mm, things that I want. Things that you want. Okay. Things. Things. You are so literal. <laughs> literal. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Here, okay. One of my like youth leaders way back in high school yeah. challenged me. I want you to put on this list the names of the people that you want, most want to come to know the God you love. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that powerful? I've never been asked that. Yeah. So... Think about it. If you had to write one right now, mm. can you think of who you might put on it? I mean, I remember I wrote yeah. my mom's name, my brother's name, a couple of friends' names, you know, et cetera. Yeah. Can you say who might come to mind? You don't have to identify them, but is there a couple of people in your life? Yeah, my ex-husband. Okay. Okay. Maybe top of the list there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else. I have a few friends yep. that I can think of. Yep. Um, you know, sometimes, this is just an aside, sometimes we run our little lives in such a little Jesus bubble yeah. that we don't actually have anybody that we can think of. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of sad too. That's a good question to ask because if you don't have anybody on the list, who are you surrounding yourself so with? So maybe if that's the case, maybe yeah. it's your grocery clerk. Yeah. Maybe it's a coworker. Mm. Maybe it's uh, the person who walks your dog. I mean, maybe it's your dog. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> you know, but maybe you have yeah. some, if you just stop and think, mm. there are probably people in your life, either central or on the fringes that you could name 
yeah. and be intentional. Yeah. And most often on our most wanted lists, mm. there is a person whose name has like a coffee stain on it and the edge of the mm. paper is kind of curled up and turning mm. brown because it's so old. And that person has been on that list for so long. There is somebody in everybody's mind mm. that we wish, oh, and we pray that they would come to love the God we love. Somebody we love, we yeah. wish they would love the God we love. Yeah. And I think that's what I want to focus in on as we mm. think about this list. Because what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Who's that person in your life? Bring them along right now. And all who are listening, bring that person along right now. And let's let's talk about this. What do you do? How do you help the people you love, the person you love so much, yeah. come to know the God you love so much? And how do you remain patient? That mm-hmm. God's working. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a, a principle. Be right. patient. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't like that one. Don't like let's, let's talk about things we can do. Okay, let's okay. talk about where do we get stuck? Because most of us mm. like are like, oh, well, I can't really tell them about Jesus because fill in the blank. What will happen? Yeah. Fill in the blank. What would happen? Mm-hmm. If I tell, okay, think of who your person is that you want so much to know the God you love and you hesitate to say anything because... I think they... They will think I'm judging them. Okay. Or that I have all the answers uh-huh. and I think I'm better. Uh-huh. Do you know the research that was done, it's probably been almost 20 years now, that book, Unchristian, by Dave Kinnaman and yes. Dave Lyons. Yeah. And they talked about these five characteristics that most people who don't know Jesus think of people who know Jesus. They're horrible. It's hypocritical, judgmental, um, too political, just horrible things. And so we're, yeah, we're a little afraid we're going to be slammed into that category and never get back out. So then I just sometimes zip my lips and I don't say anything. Yeah. I think a really big reason I don't talk about Jesus very much is I'm afraid I'm going to get it wrong. Mm. You know, I mean... People listen to me on Discover the Word or Ministry of Our Daily Bread. And, you know, we talk about scripture here. But I got to tell you, I mean, and I have a master's of divinity, which should automatically make me brilliant biblically. Not (laughs) so much. I mean, I graduated from seminary in 1980. Okay. Most of the world wasn't even formed in those years, you know. (laughs) And and I don't, I still don't know the books of the Bible in order. I, You know what? I found out there is a table of contents at the beginning of the thing. It's (laughs) awesome. So you could. I have tabs. Tabs work too. (laughs) But I still do this kind of imposter syndrome of, I don't really feel like I know anything. Erin, I remember one time preparing for Discover the Word. This, It's a group Bible study that we do, Daniel and Martin, Bill and Brian and myself, we do it around the table. I remember going, oh, I'm not going to get this right. And God Mm -hmm. nudged me with his spirit and just said, Elisa, it's called Discover Mm. the Word. You don't have Mm -hmm. to have it all right. But I think that's one of the struggles we have yeah. in, in talking about the Bible or talking about God is that somebody's going to ask me, what's your theory on creation? And I'm going to go, uh, can you talk to my husband? And I'm going to have ruined God's yeah. reputation. I agree. I struggle with somebody that's extremely confident in something not true. Ooh, flesh that out for so, me. So somebody that like... Somebody who believes really strongly, for instance, in humanism or in right. being your best person or in... Self-healer. Okay. Psychic. Psychic. Okay. That type of... Uh-huh. They're super uh, tarot cards. A- an intuitive kind yeah. of person. Intuitive person mm-hmm. that's extremely confident mm-hmm. that that is the way. Mm-hmm. I get scared that I'm going to articulate my faith 
to where it sounds dumbed down. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. It's kind of like what I was saying. I'm afraid yeah. to do it wrong. But do yes, wrong. I think that's very well expressed, Erin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, I think we really relate to that. We're afraid we're going to do it wrong. Yeah. So Bottom then line. You almost like just put, suppress it. Mm-hmm. But in order to get stronger mm-hmm. in it, you have to talk about it. Yes. So good. Okay. So shift around a little corner here. How can we talk about our mm-hmm. faith in such a way that those we love might come to know the God we love? For me, I make it personal. Okay. So I share my personal relationship with Jesus. Well, that right there sounds kind of weird, though. I mean, if I'm yeah. just oh. being honest. No, I mean, like, so like your so personal that, relationship with that, Jesus. No, thank you. Yeah. So, I, I mean, he's so part of me and like what he does in my daily minute by minute mm-hmm. that I can't not talk about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depends on the person who I'm talking to. It depends on the level of relationship with them. Okay. Because they know that that's part of my life. He's mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's just going to naturally come out. Mm-hmm. And I hope that by, depending on the person, I hope by them seeing the amount of light and joy, because I get a lot of people that will ask me about my light mm-hmm. that's in me. I mean, people that don't believe in God say, you have so much light in you. And you do. And I can share why. So you give credit for it. And I am i feel like I'm still learning uh-huh. how too. to articulate it. Me too. Because I know how to do it with just him and I. Mm-hmm. We're good. It is very <laughs> difficult to talk about this in concrete terms. And I think yeah. one of the ways I'm hearing you say is that you tell your story. Yeah. And everybody loves a story. I mean, everybody has a story. Everybody loves a story. And you really can't argue with a story. You can't. So if we can be as confident in our story, even though it sounds a little weird, as someone else is in their story, then we don't need to apologize for who God is. We can simply share who he has been to us and who he is to us. But how do we become confident in our story? Well, I think we know it. We start by knowing it. I think another thing we do is, and, and I'm pushing on you a little bit, and you're my friend, and you let me, but yeah. we need to be careful of our jargon. Yeah. You know, we slip into the praise gods and the wash by the blood and these oh. bizarre, freaky <laughs> phrases <laughs> that people are like, ew. It can totally turn somebody <laughs> off. What not are you talking to about? Yeah, so are you smoking something? It's just right. weird. <laughs> no. you know? And even when we talk about legitimately falling in love with Jesus, oh, yeah. that can sound weird yeah. to people. So I think bringing it down to everyday life Mm -hmm. that I really believe that God loves us. And I I believe that our world has given him a bum rap, you know, and we're, we're confused about who he is, but I really believe that the Bible shares an arc of God's divine love for us and how he made us and his desire to be in in a connection with us to, with his creation and, and how we struggle and how he really wants to rescue us from our mess. Yeah. And he did so. Yeah. With Jesus. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's all about inviting Jesus to, to take charge of some parts of your life and be back in this rescued relationship and and trusting this is a good God who is good in mind for us. Okay, I just kind of walked through some of the steps there. Yeah. But maybe it's a little bit more everyday language. I still have to work on mine too. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll even say, I know that God has created me. Mm -hmm. I know that. And I think that that can be pretty simple to somebody that doesn't, I mean, whether they want to believe it or not, 
it's okay you believe something created you a being an entity Mm -hmm. something bigger than you made you okay Mm -hmm. i can run with that like okay that's not talking about dancing with jesus in your living room that feels a little weird but (laughs) right but it's fun but but i like doing that (laughs) but they might think that's odd they might but they but they would respect maybe that that would be my viewpoint whether Mm -hmm. it's theirs or not Mm -hmm. um so I i mean i would hope that they would respect but So I believe that God created me. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I say that I believe that he loves me. I want to learn how to love myself. Mm -hmm. How do I learn how I love myself? I want to learn the source of love. Who is God? So I start kind of breaking it down and asking those questions of like, this is what I've learned about my relationship with God, with another person to make it seem a little bit more approachable and a little bit more tangible as abstract as it feels like it is. And when we come back, we'll talk about some practical ways we can put feet to our faith by living and treating others in ways that show God's love to them. That's coming up on God Hears Her. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the show today, would you please take a minute and write a quick review and rate us on iTunes and really on whatever podcast platform you listen to? Because iTunes and other podcast platforms push highly rated shows in front of more people. So if you could take a minute, write a quick review and rate us. That would be so helpful in reaching more women with the message that God hears her. Welcome back to God Hears Her. I'm Elisa Morgan. And I'm Erin Eddy. And in just a moment, we will continue our conversation about sharing God's love with others. But before we do... Just a quick reminder that if you miss anything in today's show, the show notes are available in the podcast description or on our website at godhearsher.org. The show notes offer a great overview of our conversation, along with the specific talking points of this episode. You'll also find a link to a free resource. It's an e-booklet titled, Why We Believe, Evidences for the Christian Faith. You know, sometimes we struggle to find specific answers to questions about why we believe. This free e-booklet offers a good next step in preparing to share with others about the hope that you have in Jesus. Just click on the link in the podcast description or on our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Now, back to the show. Here is Elisa as she summarizes our tool bag of faith-sharing tips up to this point and moves us forward to thinking about how we can also live out the love of God towards others. This is God Hears Her. It's important to know what our story is. It's important to know how to tell our story. It's important to be able to ask other people their stories. It's important to be able to explain beyond the jargon of our faith what this means. We can also, I think help those we love know the God we love by acting, right? Mm. By our actions, by being like Jesus. I remember that little phrase, WWJD, what would Jesus do back in the, you know, whatever eon that was ago. But bottom line, that was a call to put feet on your faith. That's a call to, Rick Warren calls it a second conversion. Mm. So where you don't just believe it, but you do it. You act it out. Mm. You know, so what does that look like for us? How do we do that? I mean, is that just, you know, helping the homeless shelters? Is that donating old clothes? What is that? Mm. I mean, I go to Galatians. Okay. Fruit of the Spirit. Okay. Peace, kindness, gentleness. Self-control. Self-control. Yeah. Faithfulness. These qualities mm-hmm. that aren't things that we produce in ourselves. Right. Because I've tried. Oh, 
I'm <laughs> easily angered, right? No. Or, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It didn't come Impulsive, out. Impulsive, right. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, not self control. But God yeah. produces these qualities in us. And I think that's yeah. that's what you're talking about when people look at you and they see the light in you. Mm. That's the fruit of the spirit. There is a kind of a, his character shines out of you. But it does mm. go into action. It goes into okay, here's a really small thing. I used to be in this small group and there were like I don't know, six couples in it. And we met like once a month. And this couple had a small little house. It was really sweet with two little love seats. And they were so kind to open it up. And it was always at their house. And every every time I would show up with my Bible with my husband and I'd plop down in this right-hand corner of the couch, you know, and get all ready. And one day, and we're talking like a half a year into this, she goes, Elisa, why do you always take the best seat? And I was like, I didn't know. I, I mean, I thought it was my spot. You know how we do these things? Yes. And she knows Jesus. She loved Jesus. But what it taught me was when I go into a room, I mm-hmm. think about it. Mm-hmm. And she served me yeah. in such a way that I think about it. And I will that's put good. other people first. And that sounds so worksy, and I don't mean it that way. But there is a way we demonstrate Absolutely. humility our place in the world, who Jesus is by how we act. Absolutely. What I think is so important and just every day, whenever you go get groceries or like a clerk, right? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. a waitress or waiter Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. service industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, God sees me. I know he sees me. Yeah, he does. I want to see other people Ah. Mm -hmm. and I want to treat them with love and respect and treat them not like they're doing something for me and mm-hmm. it's a circumstantial exchange, mm-hmm. but to actually see somebody. Mm-hmm. Like when I get my coffee, I I acknowledge the person that has a name tag. Jenny, thank you so much. Are you having a good day? You know, and I'm genuine about it. I want her to know that I see her, but that could sound like arrogant, right? Or like, okay, you, you know, you're superior, you see someone. But I just mean demonstrating that I know that God sees me and I know that feeling. This is the actions we're talking about is that we're, we're living out who God is yeah. through us. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's not like, oh, diminish yourself. It's like a choice to yeah. cooperate with his work and what he's doing. Here's another thing. I think most of the people I love that I want to know the God I love and don't yet don't because they're different from me. Mm. And I can be all verklempt about that and like, oh, they're different from me. Yeah. And so they're not going to be in my club or they're not going to even be at my table or they're not even going to be on my radar because they're different. Mm. They're different from what I think people should be. And wow, is Jesus nailed me with that in the most loving way, of course, as he does, because he took the nails for us all. I mean, honestly, but he has just gently gone, Elisa, do you think any of those things keep me from loving those people? Mm. You know, quit trying to add to what's necessary to know me. All that's necessary to know me is to open and be willing to know me. Mm. And I'm adding behavior ticks and, you know, a list of how you're supposed to respond and what you're supposed to know and who you're supposed to be with and who you're not supposed to be with and what you're supposed to be doing, what you're not supposed to be doing and what industry you're in and what industry you're not supposed to be in all in a a (laughs) tight little wad. And and Jesus is going, chill, sweet pea. You know, I've got this. Mm. Just love them. Mm. Just love that person. Mm. Meeting them where they're just at instead of imposing. Is it imposing? I think that's the right word. To make you feel more comfortable? Yep. Yep. See, I love how you're going to the motivation behind what we do. We're all squirmy. 
Yeah. With certain kinds of behaviors or attitudes or even beliefs. Yeah. Jesus isn't squirmy. No. He's not going ill. No. He's going, I got this. He's like the most chill. And I'm like, little Tasmanian devil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you are, you are. (laughs) And, And it's not like he doesn't understand that there is evil. Absolutely. And that there are things that are unwise and not good for us right. and even disastrous to us. Mm. But he's not freaking out about it. I think about him in the presence mm. of the, the demon-possessed man with the pigs, you know, and, you know, he's in the garrisons. This is in Luke. This guy's been ranting and he's naked among the tombs. And Jesus is like, so sends the demons into the pigs and the man is restored. Wow. And he goes into the village and he's clothed and in his right mind. Mm. Jesus has this. Yeah. He's got that person you love so much that you want to know the God that you love. He's got Mm. them. Is the timeline the same as what we want? Yeah. Is the end result the same as what we want? I remember longing for my mom who she told me she she knew Jesus as a child, but then in her adult years, I I didn't see so much evidence of it. And I was very zealous and, you know, you know, wanting to save my mom. And she died when I was 34. And and on her deathbed, I I watched her reaching out to the space next to me. It was the most bizarre thing. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of push my body over so she yeah. could see me better. Yeah. And she just gently pull me back out of that empty space and reach out into that empty space. And I was like, Mother, do you see something? And yeah. she could barely talk and she said, Jesus. And I'm like, oh my goodness, all my Tasmanian devil stuff has made no difference. It's really just his love reaching her yeah. and my continued presence with her. Wow. And, and I remember after she died, having this overwhelming sense of comfort that she was with him and Mm -hmm. and that she did know him and that she could see me as I was now and she hadn't been able to in some ways before because of her own issues. It's a long process. Gosh, that's beautiful. Jesus has it. He's got it. God has it. And, And maybe we don't need to clutch it quite so tightly, but rather just be there and be involved. Mm. If you're bringing that person forward again. Yeah that you're struggling with now that we've unpacked and peeled back some of these layers. Yeah. What other hesitancies are being revealed in maybe what you're afraid to do or say, maybe what God might be wooing you to be. I love in Jeremiah where his conversation with the Lord and he says, um, but I'm so young. And the Lord says, don't say that. Hmm. And he puts his hand over his mouth and he says, I will put my words in you Mm. and I will use you. I think sometimes for me, I have a hard time not believing that he will use me, but maybe trusting Mm -hmm. that he, he will put the words. And I know that story is in a different context for what it came from, but I do think like God will put words in my mouth and he will use me. And it might be years later, or it might be in a timing of which that, like you were saying. Um, But for me, I think it's trusting his timing, trusting that I'll say the right words. So good. Knowing that, you know, it's not by my strength, but his strength and leaning in on that. When Jesus is in the upper room talking to his disciples in John 15, 16, 17, and he prays for the disciples, he talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit that he's going to send. And he talks about that very thing, that, that when you're standing before the authorities, 
I will give you the words mm. to say. And But Jesus is very clear that he's praying for disciples for all times to come, not mm. just in the first century, but for the 21st century, yeah. that he will provide his presence and he will provide the Holy Spirit as a gift, yeah. as an advocate and a counselor who will direct us. So I do think you're, I think you're right. I think when we open up our mouths mm-hmm. and our lives to share with those we love, God will provide what we need in those moments. And he'll give us the endurance, the endurance to run the long race. And the patience and the trust that he's got this. You know, I told you the story about my mom. My dad was nearing death and I flew down to be close to him and I had begged God Mm. to be present to him and my dad was very resistant. I knew my mom had died a couple years prior and I knew what God had done. That just miraculous moment at her deathbed, he just assured me Mm. that she would be with him. And so I kind of fully expected God to do that with my dad. I mean, I just did. And I got there and he was barely conscious and I prayed in his ear and I was with him for, gosh, it was like 10 days. And the last day he breathed in and breathed out and breathed in and breathed out and breathed no more. And I went, oh my gosh, God, he's gone. And I don't know where he's gone. And he'd been at the top of my most Mm. wanted list. And it was, you know, it probably took six months or so of grieving and processing that lack of assurance. Yeah. And of course, I'd read, you know, the verses on, you know, God is not wanting anyone to perish. He's patient with all and from the letters in the New Testament. And, but what eventually happened, as I understood, is that I faced a choice of trust myself. Mm. Would I trust God to be an all-faithful, all-loving judge? Mm. Would I trust him to determine where my dad was, where he had gone? And so I think that's where we sit, you know, yeah. with our most wanted list is, is that we we need to learn to share our stories and listen to their stories and get rid of the jargon and be present and look at yeah. people in the eye and see them. And, yeah. you know, all these things we're talking about and we need to pray like yeah. crazy pray. But in the end, we do our own work by trusting yeah. that God has this. God does have it, and whether it's a son or a daughter, a best friend or a parent, God loves them too, more than you do. And even if you feel like you've done something wrong and perhaps caused someone to walk away from God, or if you heard Elisa's story about her dad and felt a twinge of guilt because someone you loved died and you never took time to share with them about the love of God, this is an invitation to let those burdens slide off your back and to let Jesus carry them instead. Because he is the great pursuer, and he's a loving judge who does what is right. Yes, we all need to share the love of God with others, but with the reminder that God ultimately is the one who does the hard work of wooing someone's heart to follow him. Yes, so good. If you're listening, and you think you may have missed something during the show today, the show notes are available in the podcast description. There you'll find the talking points of today's episode and also some helpful links. We have a link to the new God Sees Her devotional. We also have a link to a free e-booklet that could help you share your faith called Why We Believe, Evidences for the Christian Faith. It can help you prepare a little bit more to share the hope you have in Jesus with others. All of this and more is available in the show notes, which can be found in the podcast description or on our website, godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. And while you're online, could you take a few moments to rate us and maybe write a review of this podcast? 
Ratings and reviews help us reach more women with the message that God hears her. So if you like the show or enjoyed this episode, please just take a few moments to give us some stars and write a sentence or two about what this show means to you. Thanks for joining us today. And don't forget, God sees you. He hears you. He loves you because you are his. Hey guys, before we go, I just want to say a quick thank you to some of the people who helped make this podcast happen. Marcy, Amy, and Brian, you guys rock. Thank you so much. 